HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end -end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. Supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions, and financing services. Visit www.hp.com go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com go slash healthcare for more details. Welcome back to the podcast. And in today's population health series brought to you by HP Population Health IT Solutions, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Seth Martin. He's a preventative cardiologist and clinical lipidologist at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. He is a core faculty member in the Chicaroni Center for the Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease, where he directs the Lipid Clinic and leads mobile health innovations. Dr. Martin also serves as the associate faculty member in the Welch Center for Prevention, Epidemiology, and Clinical Research, and an affiliate factory for the Malone Center for Engineering in Healthcare. He's a dedicated clinician and clinical educator. Dr. Martin's a member of the Hopkins Bedside Medicine faculty. He serves as a firm faculty clinical coach and educator with the Janeway firm on the Osler Medical Residency. As a prolific researcher and innovator, Dr. Martin led the development of a more precise system for estimating LDL cholesterol. He works with many students, residents, and fellows with whom he's published more than 200 articles in leading cardiology and medical journals. He serves as associate editor for the American College of Cardiology's Dyslipidemia Clinical Community as an associate editor for the Journal of Clinical Lipidology as well. He's an NIH mobile health scholar and leads a mobile health interest group focused on examining cutting edge techniques and facilitating interdisciplinary synergy. He's a founder of Corey Health, which we're going to dive into this podcast on, a patient-centered digital health platform that really helps cardiovascular prevention. In celebration of the 125th Johns Hopkins Medicine Anniversary, Dr. Martin was selected as one of the 125 individuals who personify Johns Hopkins Medicine's mission to improve the health of community and the world by setting the standard of excellence in medical education, research, and clinical care. In today's podcast with Dr. Martin, we discuss interoperability, building and scaling a digital health solution, and the work that he and the team at Corey Health has done to bring cardiovascular care and prevention into communities that more than likely would not have this care and also scaling in such a way to allow people to get that type of care during an era of COVID-19 and beyond. And so with that, glad to have Dr. Seth Martin here with us. And today we'll be super focused around his thoughts on healthcare, but also around interoperability and the idea of, of building and scaling a digital health solution, but also the execution of that. So uh, such a privilege to have you here, Dr. Martin. So glad you could join us. 
my pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Martin, what inspires your work in healthcare? Yes, I uh, have been inspired for a long time. I come from a medical family and knew for a long time that I was probably heading towards a career in healthcare. And so I'm on the front lines now of clinical care as a cardiologist at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And so the being able to help my patients solve the, the problems that they're facing and lead healthier lives, spend more time with family, stay out of the hospital, that inspires me. It's really from that that inspiration, but also seeing that there's still room for improvement in the way that our healthcare system serves patients inspired me to become part of the Corey health team and really work on building the future of, of healthcare. And so I think I'd love to sort of share some of that story and how Corey started. It's basically been at this point about five years in the, in the making and I was fortunate to meet a really incredible physician, Francoise Marvel, back at that time when she was at the beginning of her internal medicine residency. And this came at a time that I started getting interested in health technology and had recently returned from a training in in mobile health technology at the NIH and really was becoming ingrained in me the importance of working on a multidisciplinary team with more than physicians, but engineers and and nurses and having patients as partners in research. And so it was around that time that I was starting to think, you know, what could be some next steps to really help the cardiovascular patients that I was seeing in in the inpatient setting of the hospital and in the outpatient setting. And I'd done some work around promoting physical activity, but, but I knew that there was more to it than, than that one thing, that we, the patients really need a full package um, and, and not one thing. And so Francoise Marvel was starting to work in this accelerator program at Johns Hopkins around technology and thinking about building a smartphone app for patients and connecting with some great engineers. And early on, we connected with the amazing engineer, Matthias Lee, who was in the PhD program at, at Hopkins. And really, the, the, we wanted to work on something that was addressing a, a problem our patients were facing. And the um, problem that we honed in on was this transition from the hospital to home. We were seeing that our patients with who came in suddenly clenching their chest with a heart attack in the hospital, we have all these great interventions, putting stents in the arteries, really proven medications that help after that. And we do all that really well in the hospital, but then the transition happens home and that transition happens quickly. And it's a really a paper-based process where patients get given those instructions that are really life-saving instructions at the tail end of that hospitalization. And and there's really this, we thought, opportunity to improve implementation of everything we know by better engaging patients in their care around that time and using that time there in the hospital to start introducing to to a tool, not to papers, but a tool on the devices that folks are have in their hands on the smartphone um, to guide them through that recovery. And so we started working with, we got connected around that time through our Tech Innovation Center with a team at Apple Health, and they were incredible partners as we began to build 
a smartphone-based solution for patients. And it's just been an incredible journey of working with patients, working with engineers, working with other physicians like Dr. Marvel, working with nurses like Aaron Spalding, building something from scratch, bringing this vision to life of moving beyond just the paper-based process to something that's really serving our patients to help them engage better in, in guideline therapies. And so it's been a journey o- over time of building the smartphone app, which is paired with smart watch and a blood pressure cuff, and getting that in the hands of patients and their families, to the, and then to study this, to see the impact that we're having. And, and we're still working on the final study results, but we just published a paper in partnership with one of our patients in BMJ case reports, and her words are so powerful about the the impact that this type of approach is, is having on her. And that's what inspires me to work in healthcare is to have a positive impact on the lives of our patients. And there's just so much I can do by, you know, delivering everything that we, we know how to do. But, I, but I've come to realize that my impact is, is it's one thing to see a patient in the hospital and have that t- brief moment of time with them. It's a, one thing to see my patients in the outpatient clinic every now and then, every you know, few months or six months or year, but I can really extend my reach and the impact I can have as a clinician if I can work with other folks and build technologies that can empower the patient every second of the day. And it really the extending that reach, I think, is going to be the future of the master clinician, understanding how to empower patients with technology, because ultimately it's about what the patient understands and recognizes as important and has access to what they need to take care of themselves because they're ultimately the the person who's responsible and them and their family. I think I've also learned throughout this process the importance of the caregiver, whether that's about the caregiver helping them engage with technology or helping engage with getting the aspects of their care that that they need to engage with. So this is really what I think we have incredible tools to help patients in cardiovascular disease and in in medicine. And I'm inspired to bring those to my patients every day, but I'm also inspired to drive forward the future of healthcare that I think is going to be more digital, more patient-centered. It's going to be, um, it's going to engage families better. It's, It's really, we're entering now into a new decade, the 2020s. This is an exciting, exciting time to be innovating in in healthcare and figuring out how we can bring these new technologies into the workflow of our health system and into the, the daily lives of our patients to, to better um, make us better clinicians and, and help patients achieve better outcomes and, and again, you know, stay healthy and out of the hospital. Yeah, that's uh, uh, super, super interesting. Appreciate the story and, and how things came to be. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, you, you may want to check out the website. It's coreyhealth.com. That's C-O-R-R-I health.com. You'll see what the app does in the cardiology space. It's about the last mile and getting a patient used to taking care of themselves with the help of their clinician, with the help of technology, as Seth mentioned, interoperability. You know, how do you make that happen? And uh, building and scaling a, a digital health solution is not easy. And what, what uh, Dr. Martin and, and his team have done is, is uh, very impressive. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. 
and, and so, so tell us a little bit more, Dr. Martin, about how you believe this solution is, is, is making things better and for the healthcare ecosystem and for, for patients. Yeah, my, absolutely. It's a great question. I, I think we're adding value by having a, a strong emphasis on the end user, on the, on the patient. A lot of solutions are being built. They're directed at the clinician. And, and as, as much as I want more tools to help me, it's been a interesting, if we talk about, you know, value and interoperability, it's a pretty touchy subject around electronic medical records and clinicians and how clinicians really, you know, have accepted the electronic medical records, which were built as, as billing systems rather than really to, to extend the impact of the patient and make our lives easier. Um, and then there's a whole national debate going on around interoperability of different medical record vendors. And I think that the, the, that's a, a, a tough subject there on the clinician side of things. And that, that needs to be sorted out. On, on the, but the, ultimately, it's the patients who we're serving. And there needs to be more emphasis on proven patient-oriented solutions. They're using credible sensors, credible information, and really have evidence behind their ability to help patients. A lot There's hundreds of thousands of apps out there, and many of them are directed at patients or the consumer, uh, but unfortunately really lacking credibility in terms of whether they're providing the measurement that they claim to provide, whether they are providing the, the value that they claim to, to deliver for the patient. And so what, the, what we're really doing here, I think, is, is working on a credible patient-oriented solution where the patients were involved in the development itself, where we have an intense focus on the end user. That's something we've been taught um, by companies like Apple that have such a strong uh, emphasis on end users or, or my colleagues at um, HP and, and others, that this is something that we need to bring throughout the technology development process. How is the end user going to do this? And is this going to be intuitive, how they interact with this technology? Um, but going beyond that, once it's shown to do a clinical study, like we're doing with our MyCore study, to, to show that it actually it is something that adds value in terms of clinical outcomes, in terms of saving money for the healthcare system. Really, the promise of digital technology is to both improve outcomes while saving money, which you know, health, my health economics colleagues would say is a dominant strategy. That's really what we need to do. So I think that's where we're adding value by putting more emphasis on the patient and on proven solutions. And also thinking about something that's more comprehensive. As I sort of mentioned earlier, patients don't need just one thing. My early focus was on physical activity. But my patients need physical activity. They need help with diet. They need help with the medications. They need help getting to appointments and, and just high-quality educational content and so on. And so our, we're adding value, too, by bringing things together in that comprehensive way so the patients have a one-stop shop rather than um, having to have 10 or 20 different apps to do what they want to do. Yeah, you know, and that's really neat. I, I had a chance to, to dive deep into the, into the tech, and, and uh, you guys really do take a look at the whole patient perspective and, uh, and capture all those things, making the, the solution for them a one-stop shop, which, which is critical, keeps things uh, all integrated, as you as you think about what makes Corey different and 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 what you guys are doing there, 
whether it be from a business model side or a technology or, or even outcomes uh, um, perspective, what makes, what makes what you guys do different than all the other apps out there? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I started touching on some of those things already in terms of the comprehensive approach and the credible content and, and our intense focus on end users. But, you know, beyond that, you know, something that's pretty interesting is this idea of the digital divide that mm -hmm. technology has a risk of serving only the rich and wealthy and, 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 and people that are already healthy to begin with and not serving those that are sick and in need and don't necessarily have direct access to these technologies that are folks, I'm thinking of folks from places like Baltimore where we work, where we have serve a lot of uh, patients who don't have tons of resources and necessarily familiar with technology. And the, our partners at the American Association, Heart Association have this um, strategic initiative called the Health Equity Initiative, where they're really mid- hmm, yeah, committed to this idea that 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 really there should be that we need to be working on a way that this can provide equal access to technologies that we're really committed to promoting the health of everyone, not just those that can afford this or have resources. And so that's an approach we've taken on Corey. The way that we did in our initial work is we actually loaned devices to talking about iPhones and Apple Watches to patients that didn't already have them so that we could serve everyone, not just the select few that came into the hospital with these devices already. I see that makes us different. We, we have thought a lot about how to turn that into a business model. And, you know, for the, our particular solution, since we were focused on the hospital recovery, we, it was a defined time period. And so patients actually sent these devices back to us in prepaid mailers. And the vast majority uh, was somewhere around 70% of devices came back to us. So we're able to do pretty successfully get these devices and developed a recycler program. And we've even published paper in JMIR describing the, that process to help others who want to develop this program that can really serve all patients. And the, the case report that I mentioned earlier with our patients in BMJ case report, she was fits this bill of someone who was underserved. She was actually previously incarcerated, had very low income, and um, was not someone who was from, had access to uh, an iPhone or, or Apple Watch. And, and we provided to her as part of the study, and she, was, she found it, in her own words, extremely useful. And so I think that that makes us different, the fact that we're, we're actively trying to make this available to everybody. We're not just sort of putting it out there for anyone to use who already has, you know, has the resources and access. So I think that really sets us apart. Yeah, I would, I would agree. That's a big differentiator and, and, and tackling it from a provider perspective, right. And, and, uh, and even, uh, kind of a public health perspective, you know, for everybody listening, you're probably like, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of savings, but also a lot of wellness that comes with, doing the, the things that Dr. Martin and his team are doing. And so has there been any interest from the payer community that, that you guys work with to partner with you on this? Yeah, I think, you know, the wellness thing, there's a lot of interest in that area. And we really 
you know, you know, we're starting with sick patients in the hospital with uh, with our first kind of use case of heart attack patients in the hospital in a CCU, and it's something that's quite unique that we're doing that. But that's typically how how kind of cardiovascular innovations come to be. They sort of start in the sickest people, and if we can show that they're helpful there, then we kind of start working our way back from what in in the cardiology community we call you know those patients who've already had an event secondary prevention, we start working our way back to primary prevention, people who have risk factors but have not had an event, and we want to get further upstream and prevent one from happening. And so that that area of primary prevention or wellness, there's a lot of interest around there. I think the challenge, and, and we do want to tackle this, is longer-term engagement. So we've we've shown our ability to do this over a short time, but it's well known that technologies can be used for a month or so, and then people kind of put them on the on the desk and and don't pick them up again. And so we, one thing that we're thinking a lot about and and preparing for is how can we keep people engaged over the long term, so that we can because it's not about delivering value only in that first month, but value over the long term. That's going to be key to to wellness. And part of the trick we think is the social piece of it mm-hmm. that it making this part of someone's world, not just something for them, but the way that they connect with family and friends to promote each other's uh, wellness. And so that's something where um, we're, there's definitely quite a, a lot of interest in, and it's a, a next frontier. Yeah, that's uh, that's super interesting. And, and so, you know, I, I think about <clears throat> the the before and after, and you guys are, are doing a really great job of, 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 building evidence for the tool. What, what have you seen? I mean, what, what has improved with, uh, the implementation of, of, of the, um, of the device and, and, and of the program? It's a great question. I mean, it's one thing to, um, to kind of sit in a room and talk about how it may look when you, when you get in the hands of patients, but, and it's another thing to actually start, you know, going into a patient's room in the CCU and introducing them to this type of technology. So through this process, we've learned a lot about workflow, The what's the most effective, efficient workflow to actually introduce the technology to patients. We've certainly gotten feedback on the app itself, the features, how people um, would uh, – that, that was feedback early on as we were first developing it, and then, you know, as people – as Patients used it feedback on the technology itself, but I, one thing I want to emphasize that it's not the technology. And, and by the way, some of that feedback was around simple things like size of um, certain you know, of font or certain buttons mm-hmm. and so on, which can be important when serving patients who are of older age or vision may not be as as as, as good or, or or things like that. So some of it was around the app design. But other pieces are beyond the app. It's just the process by which this is the, is introduced to patients, and that um, that that I think those are both really key ingredients to to success. Yeah, that's interesting. And and you know, as as you guys have have done the work, what's been one of the biggest setbacks that you've had, and what's a key learning and and is there anything around interoperability that you guys ran into that that was that issue? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think 
anyone who's tried to integrate with Epic will will know what I'm speaking of, and it's just not easy. Um, so our medical system uses Epic, and uh, we uh, I, th- I think had we had a sense that it was not going to be easy, but I, I think the the all the all the kind of hoops that are put there when it comes to Epic integration, something as simple as you know, just having a, an order that kind of communicates to your to your app um, to sort of deploy it. You know, there's it, it's not so much the difficulties I think on the technology side, but more of the all the administrative um, structure that's built around doing anything in Epic. So mm-hmm. for I, I know this is the case at any large institution to do anything in Epic. It, it kind of requires going from committee to committee to committee, and you kind of find yourself going in circles through committees trying to, to and I, and that's been, although we, I think we had a sense of it, it's been surprisingly difficult to try to have anything interoperable with Epic. So at, at this point, um, what we've done is, is been outside of, of Epic. Um, this is, and it yeah. works because it's a patient, oriented solution, and we still can have some data um, come directly from Epic through Apple's health records tool. So that was quite, you know, uh, an, an important step forward when they introduced that. But the the ability to be interoperable with Epic has turned out to, to be even more difficult than, than, than we envisioned. Now, is it a huge setback? You know, I don't know. I think there's advantages of curating the user experience entirely out of Epic and building the best user experience for patients. And, and so we've really been laser focused on, on doing that. And we've been able to build a workflow where we can still get to the patients we serve without that interoperability. But I wish it was easier to, to work with Epic. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call out. And, you know, something that is on the minds of a lot of people and, you know, not to get into politics, but they're looking at this and uh, figuring out how we could more easily work with patient data from Epic for apps like Corey Health that you guys are building to make it even better. But ultimately, we're, you know, looking at, at these procedures, looking at, you know, a lot of procedures that fall under the bundled payments uh, for readmissions, you know, effectiveness at the home is, is critical. And I guess you don't really need it. Right. Or what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, once we have patients, you know, at their home, it's, it's really, it's really about, um, you know, con- connecting with them and their families and, and making it a human experience for them to engage in, in the positive health behaviors that we want. I think, it really doesn't um, have to depend on the electronic medical record, but we do, we want, you know, we're in, an, in a time, I'm really happy about this, where it's more about shared decision-making and a partnership between clinicians and patients. And so we're in this time that, that really, me as the clinician, I would hope that it'd be easier for me when my patient comes into clinic to kind of review their data together, make decisions together, make things easy in that way. And so that kind of my notes in the electronic record line up with their notes and we we're making plans together and, and it's, it, and so I, I hope for a world where, where it is easier, but the reality is that greater than 99% of the, 
of the time is going to be the patient in their home, in their community. And really what matters is the way that we inspire them, empower them, connect them with resources. And I think technologies can can do that well with, with or without, you know, interoperability and integration all the time. In fact, I, I just uh, wanted to point out, I wrote um, an interesting editorial with one of my colleagues at, Ad, uh, at Hopkins named Adam Cohen. It's in Nature Digital Medicine. And we were um, invited to to comment on a review article that was was published on integration of technologies with the electronic medical record in this new age of digital health. And they, they had a fantastic paper that talks about all the ways that there will be kind of deep integration with the existing medical structure, you know, down the line, you know, to, you know, far, you know, digital health pharmacies where we're prescribing apps like we prescribe a drug and having infrastructure built to support patients using digital health technologies. And, and it was it was a fantastic article. And what Adam Cohen and I pointed out was that it, there that kind of deep integration may um, be very important for certain contexts. And for other contexts, technologies may be most impactful if they actually bypass the existing clunky medical infrastructure and actually just mm-hmm. go right to the end users, to the patients, and serve them in, a, in an easier way, um, and, that, and that the more we move towards those wellness prevention efforts, the more there may be less need for integration, and the most disruptive technologies will be those that just get right to it and, and, and go, um, go in this direct path to people and really disrupt the, the model. So we were kind of, uh, it actually forced me to think a lot working on this article with Adam, and, you know, we, we, we described kind of a number, we give an example of sort of Edison's light bulb and how that it really, um, when that was first introduced, required a whole new infrastructure even to allow the electric light bulb to to exist. So I, 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 it was a fun article to work on. I think it forced me to think about the different models for integration. And I think it, it's not going to be a one size kind of fits all approach, but ultimately we just need to have the right model that for each type of technology that, that helps patients. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point, Seth. And as we, as we hit these brick walls, because if you're working on a solution, you're going to hit brick walls in healthcare and really in any, in any area, but especially healthcare. And this point that Dr. Martin is bringing up is is so great. Be, be flexible and think outside of the EMR. Uh, It may, it may be that you don't need that EMR to deliver the care that you're looking to. And, uh, and so that's inspiring in itself and a great lesson uh, that, that you're sharing with us today, Seth. What, what are you most excited about today? Uh, I'm excited that we have amazing technology. I'm excited that there's a lot of energy and funding going to this area and, mm-hmm. and that uh, I think the field's maturing so that we're going to really see a lot of innovation in this area that helps helps patients. There's endless opportunities. As amazing of a healthcare system as we have, there's still endless opportunities to sort of challenge the status quo and figure out something that works even better for a patient. So I'm, ex- I'm really excited about this, this time that we're entering into that's very patient-centered, family-centered, um, and, and starting to embrace technology. And now we just really need the high-quality solutions and the the evidence so that this will start getting written into our 
medicine guidelines to our, in our cardiovascular AHA, ACC guidelines. It'll start getting paid for even better. But we're already seeing positive signals from CMS around paying for, you know, remote technologies. And so I, I'm, I think we're in a very exciting time here. And I, I'm excited about it because it's going to help me do a better job as a clinician and it's going to help my patients. Yeah, that's a that's fantastic. That reimbursement piece is is critical, and 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 I think we are on that tipping point right now, and it's truly exciting. And and, and if you had to recommend any book to us, uh, Doctor Martin, what would it be? Interesting, interesting. Years ago, read uh, Eric Topol's "The Creative Destruction of Medicine: How the Digital Revolution Will Create Better Healthcare." So I was very inspired by the book. Would recommend it. That was that was years ago, I guess in almost a decade ago that I read that. These days I'm reading a lot of kind of online articles and, and journal articles. Um, but I did just yesterday add to my reading list uh, I saw an article that Elon Musk, who who definitely inspires me, had eight books on that he kind of credits with shaping his revolutionary kind of approaches. And so there's there's an article out there, I guess I could quickly go through them, Structures or Why Things Don't Fall Down by G. Gordon, Benjamin Franklin's American Life, Einstein, His Life and Universe, Superintelligent uh, Path Danger Strategies, Merchants of Doubt, Lord of the Flies, Zero to One, and The Foundation. So I'm adding these to my reading list. I'm not sure how quickly I'm going to get to them, but it's pretty, seems pretty, uh, pretty cool. No, that is cool. A, a great list. Uh, appreciate you recommending those folks. Uh, as you all know, we will provide uh, links to all the things we've discussed on the podcast, uh, a full transcript, the short notes, all on outcomesrocket.health. Uh, if you go to to that and, and type in Corey Health or type in Dr. Martin or even um, you know Population Health, you'll see uh, the podcast come up and uh, you'll be able to get that list and uh, our, our discussion. Uh, before we conclude, Dr. Martin, I'd love if you could just share closing thoughts and where the listeners could get in touch with you to continue the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess as a closing thought, I mean, we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're now in the year 2020, we're ending this new decade. So this, this is really, I, I think, a a decade where we're going to see a transformation of of healthcare from um, the digital technology side of things, and and I really think it needs to be a decade of prevention where we start moving upstream to prevent problems before they they occur. And as a preventive cardiologist, that means a lot to me. And I really feel our healthcare system is is heading in that direction. But uh, you know, I thank the listeners for for taking the time. And in terms of getting in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at uh, Seth Shea Martin. I'm also available uh, by email. I guess you could. I could give you my emails. You could post those as as well. Smart100 at jhmi.edu. Um, so you know, thanks again. It's been a pleasure to join you on on Outcomes Rocket. Hey, it's been a it's been a true pleasure for us as well, Dr. Martin. And uh, wishing you the best and looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you. HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. 
supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions and financing services. Visit www.hp.com go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com go slash healthcare for more details.